Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Monday, January 31st. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Veterans Administration has expanded the list of ailments that qualify someone for disability benefits. At first, veterans were excited until they found out that getting those benefits was not so easy. It's like, okay, once I fill it out, am I done? Do I just wait or is there something else that I should do? We will examine how the VA is managing an overwhelming backlog of benefit requests in just a few minutes. New research shows 70,000 St. Louis County homes have a racially restrictive covenant in their deed, which once blocked black families from owning them. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports. A few years ago, Kim Rumsa was leafing through subdivision plat books, doing research for her job at the Metropolitan St. Louis Sewer District, when she found something shocking. Old handwritten documents that said only white people could live there. The thoughts that crossed my mind were, is this really still happening? You know, surely people are, they don't know about it or they're ignoring it at this point. Rumsa remembers showing coworkers and current homeowners living in those subdivisions who were also surprised. Racial covenants have been buried in land records for decades and hard to quantify. But University of Iowa history professor Colin Gordon was able to create a map of them. His new research shows that racial covenants were the result of intentional efforts to build white-only enclaves outside the city limits. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration in St. Louis says it seized a record amount of narcotics last year. Federal agents and task force officers seized nearly 190 kilograms of fentanyl, more than the two previous years combined. They also recovered more than 1,800 kilograms of methamphetamine throughout Missouri, Kansas, and southern Illinois. Colin Dickey is an assistant special agent with the St. Louis Division of the DEA. The United States is experiencing a drug overdose crisis, and it is a public health, public safety, and national security threat to our country and the people that live here. The number of drug overdose deaths in the U.S. has surged by more than 75 percent in the past five years, with an especially high increase among black men. Fentanyl is responsible for many of those deaths. The highly potent synthetic drug is deadly even in tiny amounts and is often mixed with other substances. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker intends to offer up potential savings for voters in a new election year budget. Dave McKinney has more. With state revenues in a rebound, Pritzker is going to ask lawmakers Wednesday to use some of the windfall for tax cuts on groceries and fuel and for property tax rebates. All told, Deputy Governor Andy Menard says it adds up to nearly $1 billion in relief for Illinoisans during tough economic times. We are experiencing a surge of inflation, and that bites into purchasing power, and that is hitting working families in Illinois, and the governor recognizes that. The proposed temporary tax cuts come as Pritzker moves full bore into re-election mode and could be in place before November. This is Dave McKinney. Rural communities are concerned they could be at additional risk of cyber attacks like ransomware, despite the federal government pledging $1 billion to help solve the problem. Small cities and counties worry they do not have the expertise to create a cybersecurity plan and get the grant money. Missouri Broadband Development Director B.J. Tanksley says regional and state agencies need to be part of bridging that gap. 
I don't know that we're going to connect them with the cybersecurity systems, but the education of what systems might be usable for them and try to get to that point. Tanksley says bigger cities and library systems are great places for smaller rural communities to go to get help on these projects, but they will need to make those connections. Vietnam veterans suffering from certain medical conditions became eligible last year for presumptive disability benefits. That means they can get compensation from the government without individually proving their illnesses are related to their military service. But they may wait years to receive those benefits because of a long backlog at the VA. Carson Frame reports for the American Homefront Project. Decades after he deployed to Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, and Thailand in the late 60s, Army veteran Jim Scott developed urinary symptoms that bothered him enough to go to the doctor. He asked for a urine sample, and he came back in the room, and he says, guess what, Jim? He says, you got some urine in your blood, because the little valve was full of blood instead of urine. It was bladder cancer, more than 20 tumors, one the size of an orange, that would require surgery and chemo. Scott thought Agent Orange, an herbicide used by the U.S. government in Vietnam, was to blame. So he filed a claim with the Department of Veterans Affairs, which said he didn't have enough proof that his military service caused his illness. After his cancer was treated, Scott lobbied Congress to recognize the link between bladder cancer and Agent Orange so that veterans could get VA disability benefits without specific proof. It finally happened last year. I was ecstatic. It was like, are you kidding me? They finally, you know... Breaking news, VA expands benefits for disability claims for conditions related to certain toxic exposures. That's what I remember most. Three new presumptive conditions were added, bladder cancer, hypothyroidism, and Parkinsonism. The VA is sending letters to eligible vets. But Scott says he received a packet of paperwork that didn't fully explain the process. It's like, okay, once I fill it out, am I done? Do I just wait or is there something else that I should do? So that's kind of where my confusion lies right now. Veterans advocates say the VA's letters are boilerplate, with information that's not tailored to veterans-specific issues or claims. That leads to mass amounts of miscommunication and misunderstanding amongst veterans. Stacey Ray Simcox is a law professor and director of the Veterans Advocacy Clinic at Stetson University. And it also means veterans run around trying to get information they don't need to get, because VA already has it, but they don't know VA has it because VA didn't tell them that. Even if veterans submit all the right information, that doesn't mean the money will start flowing anytime soon. The VA already has more than 70,000 claims to review, stemming from Parkinsonism, bladder cancer, and hypothyroidism. And that's on top of a long-standing, massive claims backlog for other veterans and their families. As of the beginning of the year, the VA said it had a total of more than 260,000 claims that had been pending longer than 125 days. While the VA has been struggling with a claims backlog for years, Secretary Dennis McDonough told reporters last month that the pandemic made it worse. We stopped, for example, providing what we call compensation and pension exams during the pandemic to ensure that veterans were not exposed to the virus. Those medical exams are usually the first step after a veteran files a claim. McDonough says they've resumed now and adds that the VA is taking other steps to catch up. Under our current plan, where we're having workers, employees work at uh, overtime, we will, between that added overtime, automation of records, digitization of records, and hiring of additional people, get that down under 100,000 claims by early 2024. 
but that's still a long time for veterans who've been battling health conditions and the VA for years. And Jim Scott, the bladder cancer survivor, worries that some of his comrades won't follow through on such a drawn-out process. Some veterans may go in and apply and not hear anything for an extensive period of time and not keep the claim active if that's what is required. Uh, I do have a concern about that. He encourages vets to file claims, stay on top of them, and be proactive until they get their benefits. I'm Carson Frame in San Antonio. That story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.